back with Vershawn Jackson, powered by Bauer, on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Yes, that's right, 93.7 The Ticket, The Captain Show. We are powered by... Bauer. That's right. I don't know where the heck Terrell is. He must be taking a bathroom break or something like that. But we roll on. Georgia Tola is still with us. George, soccer. Talk to me about soccer. Now, you wrote an article that basically said why and how Nebraska needs to change the youth soccer landscape. But I want to set this up by asking you this. How and why are you able to speak on this sport of soccer and not football? Well, I started out of soccer, and I think a lot of my people may know that I was initially an immigrant, I was an immigrant to this country, born in Kenya, so soccer was the first sport that I kind of played. And uh, so I, I love the I love the game. Uh, you know, growing up in the United States, when I did, it was just starting to be a burgeoning sport, and it was not a varsity sport when I was in high school. So uh, you know, of course, I so I played football and I ran track, but I never gave up my love of the game. So as I got older, you know, had children, had daughters, so I picked up the game uh, again to coach them. So I've been coaching for about fifteen years. Oh, and of course, you know, like everybody else, I'm a soccer fan. I watch Premier League. Of course, I'm a World Cup fan. Watch, follow, follow that. So, it's a it's a sport that I've become intimately familiar with and that I love. And as a coach, I I am exposed to it at a local and regional and national level. So that's kind of where my background in soccer comes. And you wrote the article. You know, you talked about club, and I think this is this is mm-hmm. the way it's going now. For all clubs, not just soccer, but football yep. too, and, yep. and because you say why and now and how Nebraska needs to change the youth soccer landscape, I think we can add football into that. You yep. hit on so many good points that I got to go back and look at this. You know, yeah. I got to go I mean, and look the, at the, this the, again because of what you're them. saying. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, the, no, it, it, tell it, me about the fallout. The, the fallout is this. The fallout is I think we are missing out on kids. And let me explain this. The the crux of the article is this. Because of what we have now in the United States, especially in all sports now, and I think Omaha is no different, be it basketball, football, soccer, volleyball, it's a pay-for-play system where parents pay a lot of money for the kids to play a sport and to be coached by, you know, a, a coach. And so... The way a coach that does not have a development mindset uh, promotes his way of development is he understands that most parents that have not been involved in sports or do not understand development associate winning with development. So what you do in that instance, if you started with 11, 12, 13-year-olds, to win, of course, what are you going to do, Rashawn? You're going to pick who? The biggest, fastest, strongest kids, right? Mm-hmm. And because the biggest, fastest, strongest kids are going to dominate, and so what what occurs there is, and I talked about this in the article, there is a there is, a, and I can't remember the scientific term for it that I use, but it, it's there is a scientific term that basically delineates that when you pick kids at a certain age, when you start picking kids at age eleven, twelve, or thirteen, 
The kids that are on the upper end of the age bracket are the kids that are going to be usually better than the kids in the lower end because, as you know, six months when you're 11, 10, 11, 12, makes a huge difference just in terms of your mental and physical development. So what ends up happening, a lot of the kids that are, are uh, slow developers, late bloomers, uh, may not be as athletic as some of their, young, as some of their older kids, we're, we're not paying attention to those kids. And so we're losing kids out of that pool that could have been developed. Let's just say it's akin to Neil Smith. Nobody recruited Neil Smith coming out of high school, right, at the Division mm-hmm. One level. Tom Osborne looked at him and said, okay, he's not, you know, he's not where he needs to be, but with a little work and a little time, he could be a great player. And what do we have? A guy that ends up playing in the NFL for a number of years and one of the greatest players in Nebraska history. That's kind of the analogy of if you take your time to develop kids, you, can, you, you find the Neil Smiths of the world. But on the flip side of that also, Vashon, is part of it is also that when you just pick the biggest, strongest kids and your whole mindset is winning, development takes a second, you know, it takes a second seat to winning. So what that ends up meaning, even though you may have the biggest, fastest kids, you're not teaching them the technical things that they need to know how to be very good players. You're, they're relying on their athleticism. And you know what, that, what, what that's like. When you're big and fast than everybody else, you can rely on your athleticism. So what basically what we're doing is we're allowing these kids to rely on their athleticism instead of focusing on the mental and the technical aspects of the game. And what ends up happening is when they get to college, and you can, and you can see this in a lot of our soccer players, when they get to college and they go up against some kids that have are not only great athletes but also have been technically developed, they have a hard time surviving in that environment. So the whole gist of the article is we need to get back to the fundamentals of we got to get away from this pay-for-play system. We can have a whole other conversation about that because what it's also done is it's basically, you know, Omaha is a perfect example. We have an entire community that essentially is shut out of the club system because they cannot afford to pay the exorbitant fees and travel costs that come with these club sports. I mean, Vishan, the fact is, you look at basketball, the biggest school district in the state is OPS. Central's down. Burke had a flip, a blip of a year with the coach a couple years ago. They had a great, a great year. But overall, it's down. And, and we can't even talk about baseball, soccer, and volleyball because the kids on this side of the community, on the eastern side of the community, the lower-income kids, they're completely being shut out of this system and it's being dominated by the suburban and the private schools. And, you know, I wrote, and I wrote a piece on this as well, and that's my biggest angst is, Vishan, kids like me and you, yeah, we were good athletes, but I don't know how we would have done in this environment, you know, that, with that the, our kids are growing up in now, in that the pay-for-play is the dominant system. For me... It was like, you know, I, I played at the YMC. Yeah, I played at the grade school. I played at the junior high. That's the way I learned to play the game. For these kids, it's all about the club. And, and, you, and, and part of the problem, what I don't like is kids are being forced to pick a sport earlier and earlier. You want your kid to be able to play three or four sports a year. But what this pay-for-play system is, because you're spending so much money, and for the kid to become proficient is 
you're seeing kids specializing in soccer starting at age 11, 12, basketball, football, baseball. It's not good mentally and it's not good physically. And you just look at the types of injuries that we're seeing in kids, back injuries, because kids swing a baseball bat or throwing a baseball. That's not a natural movement for a growing body. So, you, you know, so I, as I'm growing up, I start seeing kids with more back injuries. The knee injuries that you see, especially in girls in soccer, that's a, those are repetitive use injuries. You know, because your body is, you're using the same muscles and ligaments and joints over and over and over and over. And when those are developing, at some point, if you're unlucky, you snap. And so we have created a, a whole bunch of problems out of this system because adults figured out, I hate to say this, when adults figured out that they could make money off of youth sports, in my opinion, it's been the decline of the quality of you sports. Yeah, do we have a lot more quantity? Yes, we do. But are we producing the same level of quality? Across the board, I would say no. We're not producing the same level of quality across the board. But across the board, I mean in its entirety. Now, do we have kids that clearly, because they're gifted athletes, they're getting advanced training and they're getting advanced exposure? Yes. For the lucky few, yes. But overall, Kids are suffering. Sorry to get off my soapbox. It's, it's something I'm passionate about. No, listen, listen. I love it when we get back to black shirt and box guy questions for you. But to, to go with what you said, if my youth literally coaches did not come pick me up yep, for practice and e-games or I didn't walk and then they yep. took me back home, they fed me, yep. you're right. In this climate, we would probably be in trouble. I know I would be. I know I would be. I would be. You know, hey, listen. I know I would be. More, it, it, the climate and the environment is not set up for kids like the way we grew up. You know, we those adults that kind of mentored us, opened those doors for us, and made sure that we're successful. Uh, they're, they're not abundant the way that they used to be, and part of it is because we've got this pay-for-play system where adults have figured out they can make money off kids. Man, listen, more. The great George Ochoa taking us to school, giving us a lesson. I'm with the Black Shirt with Bach. More right after the break. Yeah.